Hello and you're very welcome to the Life Changes podcast brought to you by Westmeath Libraries and supported by Creative Ireland. Over the course of this 10-part series, we'll be talking to local people from all walks of life about various changes they've made and how those decisions have enriched and improved the quality of their lives. You'll hear interesting stories from all sorts of people sharing their own unique and inspiring reflections on new directions. Anne McGuinness's career has been very much inspired by innovation and driven by the challenge of change. She met up with Anne-Marie Kelly to discuss how her life has changed over time. This is Loch Reek. Loch Reek stretches from Athlone to Lanesborough. It's about 20 miles, it used to be miles, 20 miles long, yes. seven miles wide. And I live in the widest part of it from close to Athlone. Yeah looking over towards the Westmead side. Okay. So not the Roscommon side, but looking to the Westmead side. Okay, so have you grown up along the water? No, no. I was born in Dublin and went to school in Dublin, went to UCD, worked in Dublin until I moved to Westmead to become county manager, as it was known then. What, when um, was that? When was that? Um, 1999 was my first year in Westmead. And But the one constant in my life, funnily enough, has been the Shannon and the lake. Because when I was a child, we used to come down to this very spot for holidays. Oh. My father had a real passion for the lake and for fishing. And he, he had a boat. So we used to come down every summer for about four to five weeks. So I think that has been with me for my whole life. I love the Shannon. I love the water. I well, I envy boats. you because, I mean, I'm from the Midlands, but we don't have that. <laughs> yes. We don't have the water. It's, it's, a, it's a huge privilege to live anywhere near water, I think, because it expands your horizons. If you live beside the sea, people talk about what that does for them yeah. psychologically and mentally. Did you, you know, find your job in Westmead County Council stressful when you started? Was it, some, was it a part of your life that was stressful or was it a part of your life where you felt really fruitful? I might have to go back a little bit because um, I yeah. worked in, in a government department. I was a civil servant from 1982 to 1999. And um, that was very much a background job. As a civil servant, you are supposed to be behind the scenes, anonymous, working away, developing policy and helping to implement policy, but generally taking a back seat to the political system. But when, you, when I came to Westmeath, I found it quite stressful at first because I was out in front. I was a public figure, yeah. suddenly thrust onto a public stage, sitting beside the chairman at council meetings and expected to answer questions. And on the spot. On the spot. And you're up front, you, you're managing a huge organisation, but you're also chief advisor to the council and expected to be able to answer every question that comes your way. Also, I was a bit of a novelty because uh, I was the first woman oh, at that level. Right. In, in, in the, the local government system. In, in the whole of Ireland? Yeah. Right. So I was a bit of a novelty to start with. Um, was there they soon any... got the measure of me. <laughs> was and there any um, negative? No. Happy to say that I found the civil service and the local government service very open yeah. to me and to women within the service. 
I had always had jobs where, and assignments that recognised your ability rather than anything else. And so I was um, very happy. I think I was attracted to the local government system because having worked in areas to do developing policy and staying in the background, I was quite attracted to the idea of actually implementing policy. So mm. if you're in there in the department working on policies to do with environment, water quality, yeah. air quality, air pollution, I thought maybe it would be interesting to get into to see the operational yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to mention the fact that we, I had a passion for the lake and I, we spent all our holidays here. We had boats. So when a, a job came up in Westmeath, I said, I think, <laughs> sounds as if I could have a go at that. Very good, you know? very good. On a personal level, were you in a relationship? Or? Oh, yes. My, uh, I should mention Neil, my husband. <laughs> uh, I met him in college. He's an engineer. And uh, we got married shortly after I left college and before I started work. And I had my two children. My, they're both grow, well grown up by now. Yeah. And a boy and a girl. And um, they've been tremendously supportive all along. Like what, what made you become, I suppose, the manager? How, how did those traits... Well, I was lucky enough to be re- recruited at... I think I was reasonably effective at any job I was given any assignment I was given. I had good writing skills, so I could be persuasive. And I was a good team player. Mm -hmm. You've got to be attentive, yes. Um, And you've got to be, you've got to be available to make change as well, and to be change. And change, not not everybody likes that though, you know, I mean, a lot of people like stasis, don't they? Well, they do. And a lot of people, I think, if their whole life, I mean, people have varied interests and work may only be one aspect of their mm. day-to-day life. For me, for a good part of my life, work was a lot of my life. Do you regret that? In, in a way, I do, because I had children at the time. Mm. But I think that's a common fear of women, particularly. Mm. No matter what you do during the day, you worry about you're not devoting enough attention to your children. But they say to me... No, we never felt that. So the, when you became general manager in 1999, how long did you remain on? My contract was for seven years. So I, I did my contract at time. And I retired then because um, my father, who was on his own at that stage, my mother had died unexpectedly. And uh, he was living on his own. And his health was, wasn't as wasn't great at yeah. the time. So he moved, he came to live with us on that off. So I became, to some extent, a carer. Did you struggle with that? No. It was a privilege to look after him. Well, he didn't need a huge amount of looking after. He was very independent. And yeah. He was a, a joy to have in the house. And How did you, though, switch from, you know, your mind full-time on, being a general, being the manager, the county yeah. manager, to... Being full-time on at home in a different environment completely where you're not under severe pressure to get things done like that. How did you, how did you adjust? Um, I think I adjusted very well. I enjoyed it, actually. Mm. But I had other things going on as well. I had decided at an early stage that when I became manager, 
that I needed to have something else in my life as well to manage, to counteract it, if you like. And I'd always been interested in art. So I decided to just casually and informally take it up, if you <laughs> Yeah, started painting. Was it always there, you know, or did it come, like, were you saying, okay, I'm home now, I have the brushes, I have, like, did it naturally happen for you, or did you decide, I'm going to go now and do a class, or did you need to? Or was Well, I did a class while I was um, working. Yeah. A, f- a friend of mine actually was giving lessons, so I sat in on them. And I had always enjoyed art, art history. And, you know, I really enjoyed the work of, that the council did in relation to art because we had an arts officer and uh, we had a collection of art. And I loved watching architects work, for instance. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to pursue this myself. I, I felt, too, that it opened up my mind a lot because when you're working on public policy and implementation policy, your mind is, you're bounded by, not the restrictions, but the prescriptions of the law and the formality of the law. And I felt that my mind was opened a lot by exposure to art. One of the things I did when I left the job was I took up um, a degree in art and design in Galway, Galway GMIT. How old were you then? I was well into my 50s anyway, and I decided to take that up, but it was a part-time course for six years. So I went in to Galway, very terrified that (laughs) I wouldn't be accepted. (laughs) Isn't that funny though? I mean, the first time in your life you're going, oh sugar, I have to. (laughs) It is funny, but again, it was a challenge to me, you know. I remember sweating a bit about it (laughs) and thinking... And at that stage, I wanted to leave behind. I think I'm good at doing this, putting it behind me, starting the next thing. Mm. And, I, you know, I wanted to really work at expressing the thing that was in me that hadn't had a chance to be expressed. When I started my career, professional career, in the, in the civil service, that it was... I was able to do it. It challenged me enough. Uh, It gave me great satisfaction. But I recognised that there was growth, growth was possible. Yeah. So I think it might be to do with a final, you know, as you get older, you're more comfortable about going out and doing new things, I think. But I I think it's interesting too that I decided to go a kind of an academic route. Mm. You know, I went, maybe that was a hangover from that I felt I had to do something formal Mm. and embrace something formal. Well, do you you regret that though, do you? Absolutely not. Because again, it exposed me to huge uh, knowledge about art history. It, it, It exposed me to the critique of artists and of lecturers who looked at my work and would say, no. Start again. Okay. Do it again. And you were okay and with that? And that was never in my experience. Yes. And suddenly <laughs> I'm, exp- I'm exposed to this. It's an arrogance, I suppose, you have to leave behind a little bit. Your ego, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. And so I think it is about opening yourself again, opening yourself to a creative expression. And some people do it by in, in a totally abstract way. Like I have a colleague, an, art, an artist, whose work is very abstract. And it is, you really have to look at it. 
uh, and it, it speaks to people in different ways. Yeah. Whereas if I want to, if I want to look out at that, at the lake, and how beautiful it is, yeah. I can take a photograph and it's admirable and it, expre- it looks like the way it is, but it's not necessarily my, what I, what's in me. So if I paint the same scene, Mm. in whatever way, abstract or semi-abstract or absolutely, literally, it's coming from me. When you're over 50, there's a thought yeah. that you, don't, you can't take in information, as well. you can't retain it. Well, you certainly won't if you don't try. <laughs> and you've got to keep plugging along at it, I think. Yeah. And I think the more you use your brain power and your empathy and your... Experience. Experience and your relationship to nature and to people developing it mm. over 50 over 60 and I'm well over 60 so you really need to to work at that well look it's it's been really wonderful talking to you actually um, like I think what I've learned so much from you is is it's almost like it's, it's it became like you didn't shift it became part of your life the change whether you liked it or not mm-hmm. so it's almost like life happened to you mm-hmm. while you're busy making other plans <laughs> yeah. but John Lennon saying yeah. you know and, and I suppose your father's uh, life became so important to you did he die recently or is he he died in 2010 he died in our house at home um, but he had he was a he was a great character and um, living with him was easy uh, caring for him was easy and uh, so I, I'm thankful for that but Life is all change and I think it should be embraced.